We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwood pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala here with part two of our podcast covering Rams Fest. First, before you even get into all of the goodies, I want to ask you to head over to iTunes. A five-star review would really help us out in terms of getting the, you know, just getting our numbers up out there, folks. Uh, there's a contest going right now. It is for a $50 gift ticket over to NFLShop.com, which you'll hopefully use to buy Rams stuff, right? I mean, that's, we all are Rams fans. Check it out, please. Also, subscribe. We've been really pushing this whole idea of subscribing of late, subscribing, Brings us up the chart. So can you please do that over on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, also on Google Play and Android. All those places allow you to subscribe. All right, folks. So just a heads up. 
this podcast is a little bit different. It's something I've had to knit together just because we had so much going on that day. And um, so you're going to see a lot of intros and outros just kind of getting you right to all the, the source material for all these Rams we talked to today. Um, it is a pretty nifty, nifty podcast. This is the most guests we've had on the show. And uh, I really appreciate them taking the time. It was hot out there, guys. It was 113 degrees. It was windy. And it was just not a comfortable day. But yet, every single one of the Rams who came for the autograph session and to visit with folks sat down with us, including Samson Epicom. So I'm pretty stoked to share this with you. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Our first interview, well, it's one of our favorites. Harold Jackson, former wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Here you go. All right, folks, I am here with Rams receiver from the golden age, really, that, that age of the, the 73 to 79 Rams before that as well. Harold Jackson, thanks for taking the time. I know it's, well, it's hot out here. <laughs> it's hot as blazes, and it's... It's a little bit taxing for any of us to interviewing. Just thanks for coming on and, and talking with us today. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, this is my second time around here. You know, I was here last year for the same thing. So I said I was going to come out here to Rambusa. Hey, any time I can help out, hey, I'm going to be here. And I'm enjoying what's happening. You know, like I said, it's hot out here, though, but uh, <laughs> we're enjoying the heat. And I'm used to the heat anyway because where I came from, where I grew up in the heat back in Mississippi. So mm-hmm. this is nothing here compared to where I grew up in. Yeah, and it's, I think we're lucky. It's not as humid. Well, know? I tell you what, you got a breeze, though. You know, you got a yes. little breeze every now and then. You got these trees, and you got the trees you can sit up on. It's just trying to cut off some of the heat, mm-hmm. though, man. It's not bad. It's pretty nice. Not too bad. Well, I guess, you know, a few things I just want to ask you about about your life and your career. I mean, uh, you were one of those key members of the Rams in the 70s. And I guess what I want to ask you is, first and foremost, what did it mean to you just to be a Ram? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's great to be a Ram, you know, because uh, when I first came to the Rams, I, you know, coming from a small school at Jackson State, and I was drafted by the Rams, and uh, uh, the guy that really got me involved with uh, the Rams was Tank Younger. He was a scout in that area, mm-hmm. and he felt like that I had opportunity, had a chance to be something in the NFL, you know, but coming from high school, a guy being 149 pounds, and my mom did not want me to play football. She went and got me a trumpet in order to keep me from the football mm-hmm. field, but that was something that she couldn't do, you know, because uh, when I was in high school, everybody, you know, the football players, they couldn't cover me, couldn't do anything with me, so the coach told me, said, we're going to get you out of that band and put you on the football field and tell you what, probably the best thing in the world ever happened to me. And my mom, she, you know, she thanked the coach for it, you know, because, like I said, I played 16 years in the NFL, and out of that 16 years, the thing that I'm so blessed, and like I tell everybody every day, that I'm probably one of the most blessed guys that ever played the game, because playing 16 years and never missed a ball game is a blessing. 16 years, never missed a ball game. It's it's a physical game, so I'm sure there were times when you got dinged. Yes. What's the closest you ever came to missing a game? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the closest I came to missing a game was probably we played against the Cowboys. Well, I, w- I didn't miss it because I played and a guy hit me and hit me so hard, knocked the wind out of me, you know. So, mm-hmm. But the only thing that uh, was I went off the field and got myself together for a few plays, you know, other than that, that was about it. That's the closest uh, I've come to for uh, missing a ball game. That's 
actually pretty incredible, especially given what we're reading about later on. I mean, we didn't, you know, you know, with the day football compared uh -huh. to football back there, everybody had a chance to hit on you. You know, like I said, uh -huh. if you got 11 guys on your football team, all 11 guys got a chance to hit you. Now, I had the opportunity to play five years in that rule where you, after you get by five yards, can't nobody touch you. Yeah. And so those rules that they have now, so they don't clean the ball game up now because, like I said, back during that time when I was playing, they could clothesline you, ask you, they can do anything to you. All them guys have a chance to hit you down the field, you know, but now once you get by that five yards, you can run. I'm just the name that comes to mind is Jack Tatum. <laughs> Think about that stuff. And I'm guessing you probably met him a couple of times on the field. Well, you know what? I never had a problem with Jack Tatum, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, Jack Tatum was playing safety back there, you know, but I I had the opportunity to run some cover tools and he might roll down or whatever, you know, but I never had any problem with Jack Tatum, you know, so I know he would hit you. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I always look for, you know, but I think I was prepared for it. So anytime he was out there, we know he was a contact game. So, you know, you're going to get hit anywhere. So what was your best game as a Ram? Probably, you know, the one that everybody talk about is the, uh, the game against the Cowboys. They had the four touchdown in the first half. You know, had, uh, yeah, it was four touchdowns uh, for about 337 yards and had about seven catches in that ball game for, you know, for the four touchdowns. Probably could have had more because, like I said, we almost lost that game. Could have lost that game because Chuck Knox called the game at halftime. It was 31 to 7. That was scored at halftime, 31 7. And when the game was over, it ended up 37-31. So Chuck Knox said, hey, we'll never do that again. You know, we'll, hey, we, if we got a net, we're going to kill him with a sledgehammer. So we'll never <laughs> pull the dogs off like that again. So he didn't ever do it again. And he was known as being a very conservative coach. And uh, did he actually change his philosophy after that? Well, he did, you know, because they always said Chuck was a ground Chuck, you know, mm -hmm. three years in a cloud of dust, you know. But uh, he always mixed enough in there for to keep me happy, the receivers happy, because, like I said, I I can remember ball game that we go in, we might not throw the ball but 12 times a game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, now they throw the ball 60, 70 times a ball game, you know. And so, but, uh, but yet and still, we had a real good football team, from 73 to 77, you know, we was always in, our, in the division, always winning the division. It was always Dallas or Minnesota knock us out with something in the championship game. So it was unfortunate that we just didn't overcome those obstacles. One of the questions I've heard, and I've even asked it myself, is what on earth happened with this Rams team, as talented as it was during that age, to not actually win a Super Bowl? They only get there once, for that matter. Yep, they got there once. You know, like I said, uh, I know we had a great, we had great football teams, and uh, just unfortunate that those particular, that one particular day uh, during the championship games, always find some kind of way to knock us out. We get there, but uh, I can go back and look at some of the things that happened. I, we played against the Cowboys. Defensive back ran into each other. Drew Pearson catch the ball and go in for the mm -hmm. touchdown and win the ball game. You know, those kind of things that happen, you know. And we play against Minnesota. And uh, Minnesota block a field goal and take it back 99 yards, mm -hmm. you know. In that particular ball game, I think that's when they said uh, uh, Tom Mack move. Mm -hmm. And so Tom Mack, we still trying to find out what did Tom Mack move at, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But, uh, I've heard that happened. one a lot. 
those things happen, you know, but unfortunate, uh, it went against us, and uh, that's why we didn't get to the point where we were trying to get to. And for your career, though, unfortunately, with the Rams, you didn't get to win Super Bowl. But nonetheless, it, I mean, 16 years in the NFL, it was a heck of a career. And when you look back on that career, besides the fact that you didn't miss any games, what meant most to you about playing in the league and, and playing this game? Well, you know, like I said, you know, I, I didn't have no thought that I would be in the National Football League, you know, because like I said, when I came out of high school, guy weighed 149 pounds. When I left college, when I was drafted by the Rams, I was weighing about 160 pounds. And I can remember many days that we had weigh-in on uh, Friday mornings. Mm-hmm. Deacon Jones and Merlin Olsen, now I'm a rookie, Deacon Jones mm-hmm. and Merlin Olsen would take a 10-pound weight and put in my j- shorts so I could get up to 170 or 75 pounds, you know. So they did that every, and the coach thought I was gaining weight. It wasn't gaining weight, it was just that 10-pound <laughs> weight that they put in my shorts. <laughs> That's a heck of a story. <laughs> now, the, the thing about being Ram is uh, it's... We only hear it talked about much, but I think there's a fair argument to make that, you know, we have the Packers, we have the Bears, we have these, the Giants, what we call legacy franchises. And years <clears throat> later now, with the with the horns, the the blue and yellow, I can't think for a minute that the Rams would not be in that same category in terms of a, of a, you know, of a legacy franchise. Right. You know, the thing about the Rams here in the state of California, you know, and I can't tell everybody... California is an area where they have plenty of sports, and they have a lot of things going on in California. If you don't win, you don't have those fans with you because you got to win in order to keep their interest going. And when we was here, we was playing out of those five or six years that we was winning, we put 90 to 100,000 folks in the Coliseum. We'd never worried about the Coliseum not having a whole lot of folks because mm-hmm. people packed that stadium. You know, but like I said, when you as the years went by, things started changing because of the mystique that team wasn't as good as it used to be. Like when the Rams first came back uh, a couple of years ago, when they first came back, oh, man, everybody was gun hold They were excited because the Rams came back. And the Rams probably should have never left California. But unfortunately, they left. We got them back. But, you know, like I said, when they came back, everybody was gun hold excited about the team and everything. As the season went on, they were losing. Fans kind of fizzled out. It's kind of mm-hmm. dropped out. But when you're winning in this city, uh, you ain't got to worry about it. People are going to be there. They're going to come and support you. What has it meant to you now? You're, you're part of, you're wearing, you're wearing the shirt, the Legends community. You are a guy who's, who, like you said, you like to come out to these events. You like to give, you know, to give back to these fans and so on and so forth. What has it meant to you personally to see this team back in L.A.? Well, I'll tell you what, like I tell everybody, you know, I am so excited to see the Rams back. This is, like I said, they never should have left the state of California because these folks are diehard Rams here. You know, I hate to see what happened with St. Louis. I know they, hey, they was over there, what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Those people over there love their Rams also. But here where the Rams was born right here, what I feel like they was born because this is where I played with the Rams. And I am so thankful the Rams are back. And like I said, every time... I get the opportunity to go out and do something for the Rams or whoever for the Rams. I'm always there because I'm excited about it because, like I said, somebody gave me a chance, gave me the opportunity to do the thing that I'm doing, and I'm trying to pay back. 
Harold, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I just have one last question for you. you got to ask it. What are you doing today? I mean, <laughs> your Rams years are, what are you doing today to keep yourself busy? Well, you know what? I've been doing things, uh, like I said, after I retired, I would, something that I didn't want to do was coach. Mm-hmm. And so when I retired, Raymond Berry got the job at New England Patriots. So I went up there in 1985. I retired in 84, went there in 1985. And, and that's the last thing I want to do. He's done everything he possibly could to get me to coach. And, uh, and we went to the Super Bowl that year. And I said, well, it ain't too bad. So I've been coaching it. I've led it ever since. And I've been involved with the pros for about 10 years as a coach and then in the college ranks for about 15 years. I was at Jackson State about two and a half years ago as the head coach there. And so I left that, left it alone. So I've just been kind of enjoying a little bit of life right now because all my life, I tell everybody all the time, I got more time behind me than I have in front. So I'm going to try to enjoy some of that I got try, in front. Yeah, yeah, don't have much left. So yeah, going to try to enjoy, enjoy it. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really meant a lot to us. Uh, you know, we're a site that focuses in on this team's, not just the current, but the history. We don't want that history forgotten. Right. Uh, when this team was in St. Louis, the reason why we started this site, we were afraid the history of this team in Los Angeles would be forgotten. And now we have the same responsibility to those, those fans in, in St. Louis to make sure that's not forgotten. So we want to maintain that franchise history. So you, and you're part of that. That's good. And we thank you for that. And, and so thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you also. So, so thank, thank you. you very much. Thank Folks, you. Harold Jackson. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood team. Grit and Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story about his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy Krasilek's Hearst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find this book also, hey, also, through other various booksellers on the internet. Folks, I'm telling you, I've read this book cover to cover. It's worth every penny out there that Rams fans can spare. It's not expensive, but it's a great story. It's great history. Trust me, check it out. Hollywood's Team, Brit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. Okay, without further ado, here's our interview with former Rams defensive back, Eddie McMillan. Alright, we are here with former Rams 70s Eddie McMillan. And Eddie, uh, one, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for coming by and, and talking a little bit about your life and your career. We were just talking before we start recording here about what you're doing now to work in the community. And before you even get in your career, I'd like you to kind of talk to our people about it and put the word out about what you are doing right now. First of all, I'd like to take this opportunity for to thank you and Ram Nation for, for having me here today and, and also for allowing my company to assist you guys in putting on this outstanding uh, event. Hopefully uh, in the future as we move forward, it can be even bigger and better. So what are you doing now? In terms of you were, you were talking about you gave us a card and you're talking about different things you want to do to help 
increase uh, the community effort, uh, especially for building franchises up, uh, building fan bases up, and getting them excited. Explain more about it for our fan base. You know, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <clears throat> I own a company by the name of CEC, Celebrity Events Consulting, and basically what we do is we market current professional athletes, i.e. specifically football players, in the autograph sessions, speaking engagements, and marketing across the country. And one of the things that we want to do here is we want to create that excitement and that euphoria that we have done in, in other markets. I think the fans here are great, but one of the things that we created in the other market is, is the super fans, where you see all the crazy fans and, and they're, they're dressed up all crazy. Uh, things like with the rap cars. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the uh, current players as well as the former players get involved in the community doing things like going out to high schools talking about bullying. Uh, having celebrity golf events, uh, having celebrity bowling events, as well as these types of things, partnering with the Ram and the Rams family, the booster clubs, and doing things for a worthy cause, and also giving money back to, to the charity. Now, what is a great way for people to get involved with what you're doing overall? Are you guys on social media and so on and so forth? Yes, as a matter of fact, you can go to our website. It's celebrity events consulting.com but also specifically for any RAM or RAM uh, activity or event I think the easiest way is just to go to the RAM booster site and the booster page they'll have all of those things listed and uh, as I say a lot of a lot of things will be exciting things will be coming soon for, for RAM Nation involving the players now you yourself you played for the Rams from 1973 to 75 is that right? Yes. Okay and you were those are some great teams 73, 74, 75 what were your best memories wearing that uniform? I think my best memory wearing the uniform is, is playing with some of the legends like Merlin Olsen, Harold Jackson, uh, Lawrence McCutcheon. Uh, also, I was on the Ram team, and I think this from a historical standpoint, this is so very, very important. James Harris was our quarterback, and he was the first black quarterback to actually win a playoff game in the NFL. So there was a lot of historic moments. We won all the time. Unfortunately, we just could not get over the hump against Dallas. We played Dallas twice and um, Minnesota once in the NFC Championship, and unfortunately, uh, we lost those games. If we had, uh, it would have cemented the greatness of our team by allowing us to go and compete and win the Super Bowl. What was your best game personally with the Rams? Oh, wow. I love asking that question because you guys have actually stop and think about that for a minute. Well, well, you know I have, uh, I'm in the early stages of CTE, so... Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I didn't know where to go with that. <laughs> you know, I, I was a defensive back. They paid me to, to knock down passes. I wasn't trying to tackle anybody. Let <laughs> me tell you a quick story. Uh, Instead of asking me about my, my great my greatest Ram moment, because I have so many great Ram moments, I mean, it's, it's sort of hard to really identify and single one out. But I will tell you the story. Uh, people always ask, well, who's the toughest player you've ever played against? Well, that's easy. That's Earl Campbell. They say, why? I say, because Earl Campbell ran me over and drug me out of bounds and reached down, and they called me Sweet Mac when I played. and said, Sweet Mac. <laughs> It's going to be like that all day. I say, no, it ain't. So I get back to the huddle. I get all the guys together, and they think I'm going to say, come on, guys, we got to get them and stop them. I say, let me tell you guys one thing. If that big dude get away again on my side, it's a touchdown, okay? <laughs>
Yeah, but we, we, we had some some actual fun times of going down and playing at, at the old Coliseum. Back in the day, you know, Carol Rosenblum was the team, was owner of the team, and of course Chuck Knox came in the first year from uh, uh, Detroit. So uh, there wasn't a lot of, of high expectations for us those first years, and, and uh, I think the first year we went 12-2, and two and I don't think we, my whole time at the Rams, uh, I don't think we lost more than four games, so I think that was a tribute, not to me, I think it was a tribute to, to my teammates, the staff, and the organization. And, and what was, you know, you played seven years, for you being in the NFL, what did it mean to actually play this game? What it meant was those big fat paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about sentiment. There's no sentiment here. It's all about the dollar bills. <laughs> no, no I, I think I think what it did is is it gave me an opportunity to 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 grow and learn and, and to 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 meet some guys that you know I know some guys that I've known for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave me an opportunity to 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 be able to give back to, to the community. And I think that's so very, very important. And I think we as athletes uh, sometimes lose sight and lose focus because we all had to have help before regardless of who it was. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's clear you've made some lifelong friends out of this and you are still still got a sense of humor to you. So what are your, your plans for this growing organization? Uh, what are your plans for the immediate future? Just focusing here on the in your, in your organization and growing it and getting people involved. What are some other things you want to do? You mean uh, locally or nationally? Both. Both. Well, let's talk about locally. As I said, I want to reiterate the things that we said. We we want to generate more fan enthusiasm, more uh, fan excitement by by bringing in, let's say, contests like the super fans is who can be the craziest fan, uh, the Seahawk rap cars. Uh, also, something we want to do is we want to start something that's known as a Ram Friday. So you say, Eddie, what is a Ram Friday? I'll tell you what Ram Friday is. Every Friday, all year long, football season or not, all Ram fans have some type of Ram apparel on. And then what we'll do is we'll create a Ram Yellow Friday. And then what we'll do is with the booster gloves, we'll have Ram rallies before the Friday, before the games. Unfortunately, we won't be able to bring the current players because they're on lockdown. But what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to bring some of the former players to rally. We'll bring the cars and excitement. So like I say, what we want to do is we want to, to the Ram has great fans, but we want them to be the best fans. That's for the immediate things. For the long term, next week we're in Seattle putting on the first annual Jared Reed Celebrity Bowling Tournament to honor the Wounded Warriors. And I think... The reason that that's so important is Jared wanted, you know, he figured the guys in the NFL got a bad rap this mm-hmm. year. Jared himself well, went to a military school. His dad's retired military, his family's military. So he wanted to do something to change the, the image and also to honor the military and give it back. So we have a, a big uh, a celebrity bowling tournament. Uh, got all four branches of the military there. Uh, uh, a parade, the whole nine yards with some other uh, Seahawks players. After that, we, the week after that, we're having a celebrity bowling, I mean, a celebrity golf tournament. And after that, we're going down to Tampa Bay to start working on Via Via, uh, one of our clients who's Tampa Bay's first round draft choice, mm-hmm. to go ahead and start marketing and do things out in the area for them. So we're, we're, we're a busy we're, man. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy, busy, busy. But it's okay. All right, well, you keep in touch with us. 
and you let us know when you got some stuff going on here because we will help put that word out for you definitely. It's very great to have you. On it's the my pleasure. And go Rams, uh, let's go get it. All right. Thank you, folks. It's Amy McMillan, former Los Angeles Ram, play for 1973 to 75, and we'll be back soon. All right. Hey, just a minute here. Let's talk about our sponsor real quick the Gold Ram Barbershop out there, 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. 92683. Give them a call at 714-894-7267. Listen, these guys know what they're doing. Sal knows what he's doing. Gives you a great cut, good prices. The promo code, especially get a good deal for him, is Rams Talk. Again, the promo code is Rams Talk. Sal opened the shop back in 1994, the day the Rams left. Kept the lights on, loaded his shop full of Everything you can look for as a Rams fan. You're talking about helmets. You're talking about photographs. You're talking about jerseys. It's a great experience for any Rams fan to go in there and get a, a good cut with great football conversation. Again, it's the Golden Ram Barbershop. Call them at 714-894-7267. And here's our interview with former Ram Joe Sweet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Joe Sweet, former Los Angeles Ram. He's out here with us today at Ram Fest. And... You know, Joe, it's really great to have you here, a chance to talk with you about your life, about your career. Thank you. Uh, thank you. i got to ask you straight up, what does it mean to be a Ram? Oh, well, <laughs> well, you know, I've asked, been asked that question before, but, um, you know, it was such an honor, really, to be a Ram. Uh, i never forget draft day. Uh, you know, so many of my teammates were getting drafted. Believe it or not, there were like nine of us drafted out of uh, Tennessee State. And... Um, and we would always talk about coming to California and uh, going to a cold climate. And so suddenly I got the call that I was with the LA Rams. I, I was so excited. But but more than just coming to California with the climate, I mean, the Rams, the Rams have, they have such great history, uh, fearsome, foursome. Uh, you know, being able to come out and play with Roman Gabriel, guys I've seen, I was looking at on TV. It was just an honor to be a part of the LA Rams. I never forget, even when we were in training, had just finished training camp, and we were practicing at Blair Field. And uh, at that location, kids could actually come up on, get up on the fence, and kind of look over. And uh, one day, a kid hollered out, saying, "Are you all the real Rams?" And it was at that time that it really sunk in that I was actually a part of the L.A. Rams. And I looked around and saw Marilyn Olsen and, and uh, Deacon. And, um, and I came in with Jack Youngblood, so Jack and we were Isaiah Robinson. So that was great. So when you, when you remember those teams, what did it, you know, those were some dominant teams. Of course. Part of. Yes. And what, what was it like playing on a team that way that had all the stars that probably should have been to at least... You know, more to at least one certain in the early 70s, if not more. Certainly, and, certainly at least one or two while know, I was there. And, yes. and it, yeah, it just didn't pan out the way we'd hope. Right. But what was it like for you to be with those, those great, great players, those Hall of Famers? Yes. You know, what was it like to play with them? Well, you know, it was uh, it was an opportunity to not only play with those guys, but but get to see what kind of men they were. And and all of those all of those guys just have such great work ethics. They're family men. And uh, you know, and when you're around guys like that, they work hard, 
and you expect to be successful. You expect to win. And I would say, just as you just uh, stated, it was disappointing to know that we didn't win a Super Bowl, even go to a Super Bowl during the time that I was there. But, but it was just a special occasion to be around such quality uh, guys, quality teammates. And uh, we've lost quite a few, you know, since I came in in 1971. So the, the, the thing is, for us, mm -hmm. okay, and I'm going to be a little bit more uh, sentimental. Okay. I'm not sure if you've heard, but, you know, before we had just talking to you, I'm not sure if you've heard of us before. I'm not sure if you have. But the reason we started our site in 2013 was because we were concerned that the history of the Los Angeles Rams, those years are being forgotten where uh -huh. they were. We were concerned about that. And so we've made a concerted effort over the years to find guys like you and talk with you about it. Because we don't want, dude, we don't want the history to go. We don't want it to be gone. And people not hear what you just said. So years later, this team comes back to L.A., uh -huh. and now you can see them in the Coliseum all over again. Coliseum, that's correct. You know, what does it mean to you now, seeing this team back in L.A., and this is no offense mentioned to St. Louis people, but what does it mean to you now to see a team back in SoCal, getting ready to go back to their old colors, playing their old home? What's it mean? Oh, you know, it's, I mean, it's really special, I mean, to see that blue and white. I mean, that was the color that uh, that I played in my first two years. And then we made the change to brought in the gold uh, in my third year when Carol Rosenblum was, uh, was uh, the owner at the time. But you know, but just to have them back and to have that the energy to send the city and to, to be able to to now have some of the older guys come out and just talk about the history and and what it meant just. I mean, just going out and coming down in that tunnel at, at the Coliseum was just so special, very historic. Uh, and so, and so having the team back now, I think it's, uh, it's great for all of us former players who played here during that time, but it's great for the city, great for the city, great for the fans. And so to bring it back is, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I think I'm stumbling over my words, but it's just unbelievable that they're back here. I, I never thought... They would come back, they did. but they're here. They're here, and so, and we all, we all, we're all excited about it. And they're, they're, they're trying to incorporate us uh, into what they're doing. They're inviting us to come back to camp, and they're doing an alumni week, and they're inviting us to the practice session. So uh, Kevin Demoff has done. Uh, uh, Kevin is he's, he's working to do a good job. In well, are you going to be there this year? Oh yes! Oh yes! 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 So, what are you doing now? Well, Derek, I'm I'm actually doing several things. Um, my wife tells me sometimes that I'm I'm too many places. But um, um, years ago, I had a son who had a long-term illness. He uh, we didn't realize he had a challenge, uh, but but he had a long-term illness. Uh, disability and so we formed the foundation in memory of him after he passed away he was nine and a half years old when he passed away so I'm I'm active with our foundation and we pro we provide support uh, and we we started off as a wish organization but we but we do more uh, support now for siblings of kids with disabilities so if you uh, want to see what we do go to uh, fragilehearts.org and you can see what we do and and we are uh, looking to trying 
See, I'll tell you one thing about siblings, especially with their, if they have a brother or sister with a disability. They're leaders already because they do a lot with their brother or sister. Um, and so, but we're really looking to see if we can support them and help them be, to become the leaders for the next generation. So that's something that we're doing. And do you have a social media uh, way that people catch up to you? You know, for all this, this, this yeah. big stuff that... Yes, uh, fragilehearts.org. Fragilehearts.org, folks. Yes. Fragilehearts.org. Yes. Joe, thank and you then, so much. And then I would like to just kind of at least let you know that I'm a, I'm a mortgage banker. I got into did the mortgage business, so I was able to help many of my teammates from uh, Harold Jackson, who played with the Rams, uh, uh, Pat Thomas, Ken Hill, Drew Hill. Uh, uh, I helped uh, Rod Phillips, Lawrence McCutcheon, so I actually did uh, Cody Jones. I've worked with many of my teammates in helping them with their financing and, and purchasing. And then the last thing I'd like to say, I'm involved with another organization that's called uh, Retired Players Congress. And, and Congress has a license to manufacture jackets for the NFL. So we're actually the licensee, so I'm the uh, director of outreach for, wow. that, for that organization. So we, and our partner is JH Design. So JH has been a licensee for the NBA, Major League Baseball, and um, so NASCAR. And so, but we're, we've had, we're having fun working with uh, the league and uh, manufacturing jackets for all of the teams. Wow. So, so I'm busy, huh? Yeah. Hey, you ever heard of retirement? <laughs> <laughs> My wife is asking the same question. <laughs> yes. Well, well that's this. one thing I'm noticing here. Uh-huh. A lot of players from your generation, the 70s, they don't retire. They're not stopping. Well, we didn't make much money, first of all. But I, but I think the um, the beauty of what I think most of us do, we enjoy what we do. We enjoy working with people. We enjoy helping people. And we enjoy helping each other. And so, and that's why we, we support each other. And uh, and I've had a great time. Even even with our foundation, we would, we would call uh, our friends out, and they would come uh, play in, in like pro-am tennis tournament. And so I used to do that every year also with our foundation. And uh, so thank you so much for allowing me to come on at least. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. You know, when you have events coming up, let us know. I will. Yeah, we'll give you our card. You get one of them. Here's mine too. Yes. And come back on the show and talk about it. We'll help you punch it. We'll help you put the word out for, your, for your, anything you have going on. Oh, well, I look forward to that. We We're, appreciate uh, it. This is our 15th year anniversary with... Uh, the Aaliyah Sweet, Sweet Fragile Hearts Foundation, and uh, we're looking to do something um, later in the year, and um, so I'll be in touch with you. You, you be in touch. Yes. And we'll get out there and we'll put the word out for you. You can help us promote a program we call Champions in the Zone. We're on it. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much thank for coming you. up. Okay, a word from our sponsors. It is summertime in Southern California, which means sun, hot weather, and visit to the pool. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, check out Jayhawk Pool Plastering Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plastering Remodeling serves Orange County and the Southland and are run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram John Hawk. He built his business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. 
Just head on over to jayhawkpools.com and take a look at their work. You can see the quality in their finishes and in the testimonies provided by past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, that's 714-695-0700. You can also email them at info at jayhawkpools.com. Folks, it's a great opportunity to support our podcast and also help fellow members of the Rams family. If you live out in the area and you need work done, give Jayhawk Pool Plaster a call. You'll be glad you did. All right, here's our interview with current Los Angeles Rams outside linebacker Samson Abicom. Check it out. All right, folks, I am here with Samson Abicom from the Los Angeles Rams. I, I gotta say, this is uh, you're gonna be a star this year, aren't you? That's what, looks, to, that's what I'm trying to do. Trying to do. Um, look, tell some folks about you because in your first year here, you're kind of you know, kind of working your way in the lineup. You are. We're hearing lots of good things about you, but we don't see the field on much. So tell us about you. What you seem to do on the field that's special. What's your skill set like that we can grab on to? Well, I just, I just like to get after the quarterback. Honestly, that's, the, that's, that's about it. But like, I'm not going to sit here and complain. If the, if the coach wants me to do something else, I'm sure going to do it. You know? If they want me to drop, I'm going to drop. to or play special teams. I'll do that. I'll do whatever it takes to make the team successful. And uh, last year, uh, I was here for the off-season training. So I was like uh, a step behind everybody. So I really had to work a lot harder to get in. And, uh, you know, I just, I just make the best of my opportunities. And for you, we saw that, I think. We saw that early in the year, that Samson versus the end of the year, and seeing you actually getting in there more and making more plays. This year, though, a lot of those guys are, are gone. And you were on that linebacker with it. And we're hearing we're hearing that you are going to be in there as a starting linebacker. That's what we believe in you that you're going to be. What does that linebacker core look like this year? I mean, I can't even like we didn't take a step back, you know, we're, we're, I think we got better, honestly, because like everybody that was here last year, uh, for most of them, it was their first time uh, under, under Wade Phillips, they were still learning just like I was, and uh, and now that we had this offseason, like, kind of like, get everything all together, I think that we're better than, we're going to be better than we were last year. And for you, being that outside for there. You're not going to have a little this year. He's gone. You have Mark Barron still there. Dog. <laughs> Dog. Okay. Now, I guess what I'm going to ask you about, because we saw this on Twitter not too long ago, where he's saying, because one of the things that Mark Barron is too small, middle, middle linebacker, he's too this. They ever been hit by that's my question. I, I, that's like somebody that's saying that uh, Joiner's too small. You see what he be doing. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, so what we're what, what the media is doing, and I got to admit, I was one of those guys who doubted him. And he provided, look at the actual number. You show me facts. I'm wrong. And so that's what I'm seeing. And, and what I also saw from you personally, though, is growth. We saw growth out of you. And, and what we're looking here now for this linebacker, you're saying it's going to be better next year. What does that mean for your entire defense having – I keep to leave there and, and join us back. And, you know, what, what's, what's this defense looking like in practice this far? Man, it's, it's going to be special. That's what I'm going to say. It's going to be special. Because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just like, post about the defense how good it's going to be. Like, the only post that we need is that we got Wade Phillips. Like, whoever that can play underneath Wade Phillips is going to be successful. You know? All right. So let's get, let's, let's get some 
easier questions for you, okay? Because a lot of these folks who are going to listen to our show just don't know you. So here we go, Samson. Let's get to know Samson. What's your favorite food? Oh, got oh Nigerian food. Gotta be Nigerian food. What favorite dish for Nigerian food? Fufu, uh, abacha, rice, plantains. I know y'all know what those are, but you know what I'm saying. If you look it I up, I know a few. If you, if you try it, bro, it's, it's all right, all right. Like. Okay, favorite dessert? Desserts, cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake. All right, now, now we're now you're talking again about this. Favorite movies? Talk Three, to Three Hundred and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The whole trilogy? I gotta say, Two Towers. Two Towers. All right. Two towers. All right. Favorite musicians? Musician right now, J Cole. Drake just came out with his new album. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, Tupac. I, I really don't got a favorite. I just like to like listen to stuff that just makes me like get a, a different mindset, just remain calm and stuff, you know. Now you obviously a young outside linebacker. You are an incredibly fit young man. What is your best routine? What is the best thing you do to help keep your body in shape? I gotta eat healthy. <laughs> trust me, I, I, I love food, so I, I, I got I gotta eat healthy. Like. When my mom came here, I, she was surprised because I wasn't eating as much as I usually do. And she's like, what are you doing? You lose weight. I was like, I'm the same way. I'm just eating healthy. And then she started chefing it up in the kitchen. I was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you doing this to me, man? Next day I went to work out, I died. I, I was, it was so bad. I was like, I got to slow down. I can't do this. Okay, all right. You're a little wacky. You're stranded on a desert island. What's the one object you need to have? I should have been a little more sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You said what? What's the one thing? I'm like, water. <laughs> water right okay. there. What tool? Tool? Dang, that's kind of hard. A tool? A tool. I need some examples or something. Machete. I know. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I can't take a phone because there ain't going to be no yeah. uh, signal in the desert. So. A machete, a metal, you know, a, a, a pot, uh, an axe. I'll take a machete. Machete. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, question in it always, okay? Question, last question. Let's just talk about your defense. We're going back to football here. We know there's tools on offense. There's some, some skill on offense. Okay. Alright, I see a smile come on your face. They also have one of the toughest schedules in the league this year. Yeah. So, I'm not going to ask you to tell me every win, every loss, if it's going to be. But where do you see this team being in 2018? I really can't tell you. Because everybody, the thing that the thing that's, that we have to focus on uh, is on ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And take out the outside noise because then that's going to put more pressure on us uh, to be successful and if, if we take care of ourselves we're going to the Super Bowl that's what I'm thinking so we just got to remain poised and take it one day at a time one week at a time and trust the coaches and trust that Sean McVay knows exactly what he's doing and don't worry about all the outside influences that's going in everybody's like oh yeah we're making it to the Super Bowl all this I'm just like you're not in here with us so just like you know what I'm saying support us but don't tell, don't tell us what we're going to do and you do trust him, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, now, I don't mean to be insulted when I ask that question, but, you know, we see, when we're on the outside, when we, when, we cover the, when we cover the games, when we cover 
they read the old articles and everybody's like, you know, Sean McVay this, Sean McVay that. Yeah, look at Sean McVay's hot girlfriend. And she got all that weird stuff like that. Okay? Right. But you, you play for the man. You play for the man. So only guys like you can tell us what it's really like to play for him and what he means to you as your head coach. I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of... Uh, my college head football coach, uh, Coach Baldwin, uh, who's right now in Cal, and like he just, he just, his voice and his direct and what, like what he needs to say to get the team on the field, and get ready to win. And he's, ga- he's gathered all these coaches that's around him, that's that's right there with him, so close niche. And that, that's why I think like it's going to be special for those. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. And we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing what we can do this year. Mm-hmm. Very serious about that. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. And here's our last interview of the podcast. Former Rams defensive back, Ivory Sully. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ivory Sully, former Ram. Our la- I think it's our last interview for Ramfest this year in terms of players. Yeah, man, I'm holding up the I'm holding up the rear right here. Yeah, good. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm appreciative. <laughs> um, in fairness, though, we're trying to get you over here, but that's a talking people today. We got a lot of talking people. Ivory, um, I guess one want to thank you for taking time. You don't have to do this. It's my pleasure, man. So, no, absolutely. We're thrilled to have you on the show. This is going to be like our biggest show ever, probably by the time we're done with it. I'm going to be honest with you. The fact of the matter is that when Rams moved to St. Louis, I was a little bent about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I followed them, but at a, arms, a long arm's length, you know. The fact of the matter is when we came back, man, you, you have to embrace this thing, right? And so in doing that and embracing that thing, to come out here and do stuff like this, it's an honor. You know, the weird thing for me is I was a teenager and I, I, I watched the Rams. I, I've lived and died with the Rams since I was a Eight or nine years old. Okay, and for me to, to to see the team leave, I stuck with them. It eventually became my dream for our site. But here's what happened, I, and I mentioned already on the show today. What happened was around 2013, I got tired of the LA history being kind of forgotten, and that's why we started the site. There you go. And so we, we now we're doing the best we can to get out there because we don't want the history of your life. Being destroyed. We don't want the history of your life of the Rams being forgotten. Era. Right. That, that era. We want people to know your story. So my first question for you, Ivory, what's your story? What was it like to play for these Rams? And what did it mean for you to bear those horns? Well, you know what? The thing about it is, is uh, this is all a very special experience. I was a free agent out of University of Delaware, so I wasn't drafted or given any priority of any type. I came out of that hole at Cal State Fullerton in the locker room called the Dungeon, where there were twice as many players as there were lockers. So you had to share lockers and get out of that dungeon. So I survived all the multiple cuts, because in those days, we used to bring in 130, 140 players to, to make a 45-man roster. And it's all different right now. So doing all that stuff, it was kind of, you know, it was a trip. So making the Rams and being part of a culture that was, that I, was, I played the first Super Bowl. Uh, that could never be taken away. We were the first to, to play the Super Bowl in 1979 against the Steelers. Unfortunately, we lost. But the experience was unbelievable. To play for coaches like Ray Malavasi and Bud Carson, who was really one of the all-time great defensive coaches, and have him believe in me enough to, to bring me on 
man, are you kidding me? And then to establish myself with the Los Angeles Rams and play with the Rams for six years out of my nine years, it was a blessing, an absolute blessing, because we were around good people. And the Rams, this is really the greatest thing about it. It comes full circle. Last week, I was at Eric Dickerson's home, and we had a, uh, a, a rookie's barbecue where we were honoring the rookies and welcoming them to come in. And was held at Eric Dickerson's home. Man, do you know, two weeks ago, my birthday was my birthday. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. And, man, the Rams remembered my birthday. And they got a cake for me. I mean, and I that never expected cool. that. Dude, isn't that cool? That is cool. That is cool, man. I mean, you just can't, you can't buy that, man. It's 30 years removed. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's crazy. So, it's a family, you know. And I'm getting the feeling it's a family. And I really, I'm really glad to be a part of it. It wasn't you heard other players mention this, this is, and I'm not digging on the Rams for this, by the way. Don't please don't think that. But it seems that the Rams for a while kind of missed the boat when it comes to watching out for the veterans, the, the folks who have come and gone. But now they're fixing that problem. Oh, is that what's happening? It was one of the biggest complaints the veterans that played with the Rams made with the Rams. The Rams wouldn't reach back and bring the bring the legacy forward, you know. But we have legacy, whether you want to know it or not. We have legacy, all right. I mean, uh, I mean those those teams with Jack Youngblood and and uh, it, you know and Freddie Dreyer and I mean all the greats, you know Rod Perry, you know Pat Thomas and, and Nolan Crawford, great great teams. Vince Ferragamo. I mean, we had great teams back back in those days, and to just let that legacy go and not remember it. That, you're taking a piece of your history and, 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 and keeping it empty? So there was, to me, even though the Rams were in a, in a situation in St. Louis, which, God bless them, they had a situation, it just didn't seem whole to me because it wasn't full. It wasn't full with the history of what the Rams really represent. The great thing about what the Rams are doing now, and I really feel this, is they're reaching back and they're involving the veterans and making us be part of what they're going to be forging going forward. And, and that's they're also important. doing that for St. Louis, too. They're not forgetting St. Louis. And they shouldn't forget St. Louis. St. Louis put their time in. Are you kidding me? They helped, they helped build the Rams to what they are today. And they are stacked. We're loaded this year. I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to be all we watching. So everything is, goes, goes into the finished product. So. And so... You know, years later, looking back on your career, um, what are some of the really great things that you take with you having played in the NFL? Wow. It's the relationships. That's first. Nothing I miss more uh, than when I retired from football was the relational situations that you had with people around the league. And I kind of like, I kind of like, you know, you, you go through a downtime when you when you retire from your your lifelong dream. We live our lifelong dreams in the first 30 years of our life, 30, 35 years of our life. And my dream, that was it. It was done. You don't work towards it like, like most people. You know, you, you hit it, and then you feel like kind of like it's a downhill after that. And 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 it, which is truly not. But it's all the perspective because it's an ultimate experience. Let's be honest about it. I mean, you're playing in front of 50, 50 to 80,000 people every freaking week. You're playing in front of millions of people every week. Are you kidding me? People know your name when you walk them. They know who you are. I mean, it's crazy to get that kind of an experience. And so to come back down and bring it down to reality, a little bit difficult. But you know what? After that lull that I had, I had a lull. I got back into it in business, and I just started. I started. I, I started a clothing company, believe it or not, and I've been in that clothing business uh, ever since then, and, and it's really made it interesting for me. So, the experience that I've learned, I think more than anything, is learning how to finish. You know, you can't just start to make the team. I had to finish plays. You had to make the plays. 
you had to, I had to block the kicks. You know, that was one of my things that people, you know, said that I was known for is blocking kicks and blocking the kick and keeping the uh, San Francisco 49ers out of the 84 uh, playoffs. You know, that was that was brilliant. I love doing that, man. Are you kidding me? And, you know, the bottom line is, is that you got to finish. And when I got out of football, I kind of let that to the side a little bit. But then all I did was reinvent myself and go ahead and, and I got to finish. I finished everything now. And so with that, you know, I've had a successful situation, a successful career after football. So what is that career? You, you, you did offer the perfect segue. What oh is my that gosh. career? All right. So I started a clothing company while it was my in my last year in 1987. I started a clothing company called, believe it or not, Ego Sportswear. We made crazy colored pants, printed pants. Big oversized lifting pants for for, for weightlifters. So basically, goes, the '80s stuff. It's '80s stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, big time. But you know what? I happened to have one day uh, during the off season and, and, and deciding whether I was going to go back to play another year. I went to a trade show called uh, uh, called the Action Sports Retailer down in Long Beach, and this small concern, and I say that I'm being I'm being facetious, called Merry Go Round that had seven thousand stores came to my booth and. They bought from me. And so I had to make a decision. Do I make pants or do I finish it out? Now, I'm going to tell you something. In hindsight, I should have gone back and played the last one or two years that I could have, okay? In hindsight, I should have finished, right? But you know what? I was blessed to have had an opportunity to get into this this, this, this new yeah. business, you know? And truly, it was from it was from nothing to, you know, we had, a, we had a multi-million dollar business and it was unbelievable and I couldn't believe I was doing it, but I was doing it. Because of the things that I learned in the discipline of of, 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 of being uh, being on a team and, and understanding what teamwork is and how do you have to involve people and how you have to finish and all those things, so I got involved in clothing and apparel. From that, I got involved with licensing. So I really am more interested in the branding of of certain situations. All right, so you know, any take a brand called Nike. Well, right now, what I do is I help develop brands to become a statue. Uh, you have still a, run that company? No, I do not. Oh, you don't I sold the clothing company, All right. and then I got into the branding business, okay. which is intellectual property. Gotcha. So intellectual property is licensing and people, you know, you owning the Rams, owning the Rams, right? Uh -huh. Well, how do you make the Rams bigger? How do you make the Rams better? Through branding, okay? So that's really what I do. So right now what I do is I consult with companies uh, and many companies around the country and uh, help build their brands. That's one thing I do. The second thing I do, and this is the most important thing I think, I think that really what my calling is in life is really to, to serve. If I'm not serving something or serving somebody, because that's the best, that's the best thing ever to have that, to feel that gratifying feeling of doing something for somebody else. I mean, that's what I live for really right now. I've discovered. Now I'm 61 years old. It took me a long time to discover it, but I finally did. So I'm doing things like for my brothers in the gridiron greats, okay? There are guys that are struggling that, that used to play in the NFL. But we're trying to have a fun build so that we can have a perpetual fund so we can help these guys when they come into problems and, and they need to uh, have some, some financial sustenance, some, some help. And so helping build that thing into something that grows, okay? Uh, I, I, I try to help with people and their discomforts. I, I, I'm into uh, uh, technology, a business called Beamer which is, uh, 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 Beamer is a uh, pulse electromagnetic field company, which really makes your whole body feel better. Now, you know, I played nine years in the NFL, so I have discomfort. I got on this pad, and I went on, and it's all holistic, and it's beautiful, and it's not invasive in any way. And I felt, in two weeks, I cannot believe that I was running when I couldn't even run really efficiently 
two weeks before because of pain. So basically what it is, is it, it gets your blood pumping where it's supposed to be pumping, okay? Yep. And it's brilliant. And I love helping people do that. And so I'm working within certain certain teams and certain uh, 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 with certain people, with certain chiropractors, all naturalistic, all, all really healthy stuff. So That's I'm awesome, serving man. people that way, yes. So, yeah. so for you, in order to keep some folks and keep up with you on all of the stuff you're involved in. And, with, and that, by the way, that's what's, what's really cool. It's talking to guys today. Almost everybody here is involved in something. Yeah, like, you guys man. are all, like, in, mostly in things that serve people. Absolutely. So, for you, how can folks follow you and follow what you're doing and perhaps even, in case we're talking about the veterans, um, support you? Well, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Um, Actually, it's one of the things I think. Think it's one of the things that I haven't paid enough attention to. To ask for help, you know what? And actually, here's here's you're asking me, how can people help you? God bless you, man. I appreciate that, man. Uh, so, well, go to IvorySully.com. You'll you'll find out what I'm all about and who I am and what I represent. I'm back at coaching this year. I coach at Servite High School in Anaheim, who was a perennial national power for uh, for many years back when I coached in early, the uh, late. 2009, 10, 11, 12, and we're back. I'm back because the old coach is back, and so we're doing those things. And uh, to support us there would be fantastic. Support me uh, with regard to uh, looking up, uh, you know, our uh, this Beamer technology and, and help yourself uh, to feel better and, and and to help us with the gridiron grades. Man, it's fantastic. IvorySully.com is the way to reach out to me. IvorySully.com. All right, folks, you heard a lot. Thank you so much, Ivy, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And you have a chance, uh, folks. We've talked to so many of the guys today, Ivory included, and how many of them have something going on where you can help? So if there's something that he's talking about or something that's talking about where you can change the life of somebody for the better, go for it. You got it. All right. Thank you, you so got much. It. Man, it's my pleasure. Thank right. you, Thank sir. Thank you so much. Okay, folks. How's that for a busy podcast? Good stuff? I thought so. Well, it is time for us to go. If you enjoyed the show, I would really appreciate if you head on out on the Twitter, SoundCloud, wherever, and repost it or retweet it, uh, share it on Facebook. Uh, we want to give these guys some exposure for the, the things they're involved with as well. I mean, these I, I've noticed, I've mentioned numerous times in interviews, all of these Rams are involved in something to help the world be a better place. So I want to ask you to do that also. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can follow Johnny at johnny 5 not 6 You can follow the Rams Talk on Twitter at TalkRams. We're on Facebook at f- facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also, you can join our group, the Rams Talk Room. We post in there as well. The algorithms on Facebook make it a little funky. Also, again, folks, subscribe. Yeah, ask you, please subscribe. With that, I've got nothing else for you. Coming up soon, we'll have the last episode of our amazing series of the Tour Run the League. And then we begin. The Position Bows. Also, don't forget to check out Steve and Johnny's new show, Butting Heads. Playing off the whole rounds, Butting Heads thing. Check it out as well. Um, It's all in the same feed. Okay. For the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Palm. Peace out. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. DC police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.